This is Melena Johnson, and you're listening to WJMS Radio, Radio Reimagined. I'm honored to be here and speak on behalf of independent artists and musicians. I am a music business student with Berklee College of Music, as well as an entrepreneur and an independent artist myself. I have seen and experienced firsthand the ins and outs of what it's like emerging and staying afloat in the music industry as an independent artist especially how this pandemic has really affected artists in terms of venues, uh, restaurants closing down, even festivals and concerts being canceled, leaving artists scrounging to find gigs or sometimes turning to street performances for an income. Luckily, a lot of musicians have turned to social media and streaming services in order to keep their careers going and the interest of their fan base staying. Social media has already been growing with new inventions and applications every year, Live streaming has become huge for many. For musicians, this has been a way for not only staying connected with their fan base, they are able to grow a much larger fan base by reaching out to many regions around the world. I know personally for my artistry, I have been able to reach out to many different countries with my music that I didn't think I would reach out to before. There's a saying I've always believed, and it goes, music is a universal language that we all share. Since this pandemic has created a lot of suffering and the unknown, many people have used music as a positive turning point, which has created that positive impact for artists who are working on getting their name out there and sharing their music to be heard by numerous consumers. Social media has already been a huge platform for musicians to grow. It was not that long ago when live streaming started to become a demand. Instagram and Facebook creating a way for users to go live, and third-party platforms started to grow more with the rise of live streaming being more favorable. Even more so with this pandemic that has taken a huge toll on the music industry, artists have turned to live streaming weekly concerts to keep up with interacting with their fans. I have noticed a lot of musicians coming up with many unique and creative ways to stay connected, offering their respected talents such as music lessons, performing in virtual benefit concerts, as well as finding opportunities for fans to get to know the artists behind the music. I recently saw a friend of mine who is also an artist doing a video showing her makeup routine for performances and just her everyday life, or those who have produced and released music videos are sharing the behind the scenes and the making of the music video. These small acts create more of a realistic, relatable content that fan bases are able to relate to. It also gives the artists so much more respect from their fans, as well as it helps ensure those super fans of yours as well. As an artist, I have had the privilege of working with a wonderful friend in the music industry. Colleen is also a music business major with Berkeley, as well as an entrepreneur and business owner of CG Artist Management. I asked her to come on here with me to talk about how independent musicians have been thriving and taking over the music industry over the past five, six years or so, and many other extensive and important information about independent artists, as well as the positive and negative effects um, and impacts COVID has taken on artists. Um, so Colleen, let's start off with a few years back, I'd say like three, four years before you know the pandemic. What have you seen in the music industry with like the rise of independent artists and how has the industry changed? I think, you know, going back a few years, I noticed a lot more, like we were starting to utilize, you know, like Facebook Live and Instagram Live and we're able to get on to a lot more platforms and get in front of more audiences. So you weren't always having to 
work getting into you know live gigs and stuff if you right. you know couldn't or whatever. so wherever you're from you could you could literally perform anywhere remotely and i think that helped so much along with you know streaming and having all these different resources to get your music out in front of it and not having to rely on like record labels right and being able to promote yourself and also be able to promote on a budget granted it's a lot easier when you have money but it's not impossible right you know to right. get to get moving um and then you have you know things like so far sounds that help break out people and i mean i'm sure they were you know around before me this is just when i jumped in to the industry mm-hmm. but and i've noticed um, a lot of you know independent like record labels emerging and small mm-hmm. artist management companies like yourself starting out with mm-hmm. just like you know one or two artists and really focusing on them to promote and push rather than you know a, a lot of that's what a lot of artists are looking for and going for those independent um smaller groups than shooting right at the major labels yeah and i think you know chance the rapper was one of those right. artists who really you know changed things because he he was, you know, one who got a Grammy being an independent artist. Right. They, they kind of, or gave, you know, gave hope and showed people that, hey, like, yeah, you can do this. It just takes a lot of hustle and a lot more work mm-hmm. and, you know, to get moving. I'm sure um, Macklemore did that years back, right? With their, I'm pretty they, sure. Yeah. I think I'm so. pretty sure Ryan, Ryan and Macklemore who did um, everything independently until they kind of yeah. like, you know started getting bigger and bigger and they needed that extra support behind them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you'll watch, you'll watch them and uh, like look up at interviews, you know, them and how they did it and like what their strategy was. And really they're, they're just getting creative. They're just and they're hustling. They're putting in the hours and they're putting in the time and they're literally exhausting everything they can. I think people are so focused on making money. How much am I going to make it this gig? Right going to get that deal where I'll, you know, go for exposure, play everywhere you can do the covers, like literally do everything you can to, to get in front of people and get noticed. And, and that's, that's what they did. The cover thing when it comes to uh, revenue streams, um, you know, you don't, it, yes, you, it's really a great thing to have an, an important thing to have your own original music out there, but covering mm-hmm. songs uh, and getting mm-hmm. revenue streams off that that's also can help you out and have a huge impact you know like you were telling me not too long ago when a song comes out on the radio try to get that out within only you know a couple weeks or two because then that's going to be the popular hot spot that everyone's going to be searching for and they search it for they're like wait who is this artist that just did it boom you have a hundred couple thousand you know more followers there yeah well yeah because you know those that it's what's trending and you want to be what's trending. And of course you want your original music out there. You want to be known for your sound, but you know, it, th- that was one of the first things that I ever learned. Um, John Kellogg over at Berkeley, right. he you know, told us every week, do a cover from the, you know, the top five on, you know, on the billboard, uh, top 10, pick one of those songs and do it. Uh, when I work with people, um, you know, there's clients, I'll be like, okay, hey, you know, this song just came out or it's coming out. You know, whether it's like Ariana or Shawn Mendes or something, I'm like, you know, do it, record it, get it out within a couple of days because that is right. what is going. And then be original with it. Um, there's an artist, Madeline Bailey, and I found yeah. her, I discovered her a few years ago 
because of a cover and I fell in love with her covers. Some of them more than, you know, I liked them more than the originals. And now she's able, you know, she has a platform. She has millions of followers. You know, she's signed with a, a red light management, I believe. But she built herself based on covers and got herself, right. you know, reputable. Right. And there you go. So it's not a bad thing. I wouldn't rely rely on covers in you know being a cover artist, but that's definitely something to add in the mix. It gives you something to promote. It gives you content to put out. Right. And it helps people just kind of be aware that you're there, especially if it's one of their favorite songs. Like when I look at clients and I see like John Mayer is one of my favorite artists, mm-hmm. but I'm also like very particular like. It's like covering a classic like Aretha or Etta James or something. Right. Like, don't do it unless you're going to nail it. Right. But 100% I, or nothing. That, that's what sold me on Nick. He covered my favorite song from John Mayer when I was doing like my research on him and stuff because he was referred to me by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, looking through his Facebook page and I saw Stop This Train on, on his Facebook and right. he just nailed it and it melted my heart. I'm like, that's like, you're that's you I want you <laughs> you know <laughs> I actually he's um, you on my roster <laughs> right 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 I interview him for um one of the um monthly artist interviews on uh the podcast with WGMS so people can also listen to him and his you know artistry as well on here yeah with uh lot so with live streaming live streaming has always been big and it's grown even bigger now I know you know before when live streaming started like you said uh, Instagram Live has started to become bigger. Facebook Live kind of just started up not too long ago. And then TikTok. That's been the new thing. That's that TikTok has grown huge, huge. And then there was a part where it almost got shut down and then it came back and it's just been exploding. Um, yep. So let's go into talking about social media, you know, how it has been an outreach for artists and even more so with this pandemic. You know, has live streaming affected artists in a positive and or a negative way? Um, you know, pos- what do you think for the positive? How, how has live streaming become a positive thing for musicians during this pandemic? I think it, it's kind of bittersweet because during the pandemic, everybody had to start utilizing it. And it was crazy to see because you have like, you know, the A-listers who didn't, I mean, they would go on from time to time, you know, like John Mayer had his show and you know, some Charlie Puth goes live a lot, mm-hmm. but they were never strictly performing on live. Right. right. And so they're used to like engaging with their audience right in front of them. Whereas like all these indie artists, we've been on live for years. Right. We've learned how to communicate with artists. And so I think having our platform build up, it was, it was crucial. There's um, an artist, Sarah Spicer. She's out of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, she killed it during the pandemic and she is one that I will send every person that I work with to, to go look at her like journey through this pandemic. Cause not only did she get a good setup for her backdrop and stuff, it's very clean, um, engaging, looks very professional, Mm -hmm. but she went live multiple times a week and she was consistent. She utilized, you know, uh, platforms like Twitch. Right. Twitch that she used or, um, Oh, there's another one. I don't know why I'm blanking out on it, but, one of those third party platforms where you can go to like all your socials and put your banners on and stuff. Right. Um, there's prism, there's periscope, free stream, free free stream. Okay. There's a ton of them. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, she utilized that and not only did I, I, and I watch her religiously. I'm just a huge fan in general, but, um, watching her numbers go up, I've Mm. seen like consistent growth. That's she got tips 
you know, her, her whole way of doing it was that she, you know, she, she can cover anything. They, and she right. has a big band and she plays solo. They cover everything. And so it'd be like, Hey, you know, request a song, just throw something, throw some love in the tip jar, throw a dollar, throw a hundred dollars is how we're paying our bills. And that's, she was making money. Right. Right. No, I constantly thank you for this donation. Thank you for this donation. Like you are nailing it. That is how you utilize these platforms. Right. The pandemic. And I, I've always told people to go live because, you know, you might get 10 followers or, you know, 10 viewers, or you might get a hundred, but then there's also all these people in your feed. A lot of the times I won't click on a live video. I'll just turn on the microphone right. or the, um, the sound and watch from the feed. And those don't register on the live. Mm-hmm. So you never know who's watching or who's growing or who's. You could have those like outside, you know, peepers that are listening in yeah. and, you know, they might not be right there watching, but like you said, they can still hear and you're still reaching that, that extra audience or those extra people. There's, yep. you know, I've also saw that uh, there's record labels for like the larger, uh, larger artists. The record mm-hmm. labels are facilitating it by like providing live streaming equipment to performance. Uh, streaming mm-hmm. platforms have also enabled new like monetization methods, including like memberships to artist channels that yep. have allowed like early or like exclusive access to content, as well as like the virtual gatherings and paid commenting features. Like you said, you know, if someone wanted to request a certain song, they can send a tip in the jar and they get that song. And, you know, the artist is still making money and still connecting with their consumers. Yeah. I mean, because realistically, our, our whole industry is struggling. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, you have A-listers selling their catalogs to cover their overhead. You know, obviously, you know, newer artists are struggling because, you know, we relied on live music. Right. And it's not as easy. You can't just, you know, talk to people and engage and sell merch and, you know, do all that stuff like you're used to doing. Um, but then you have things like TikTok. Uh, I ran that uh, virtual music festival through the first, you know, 10 week shutdown. Right. And that's where I found most of the artists mm-hmm. is on TikTok. And that's where a lot of the A&R reps are going now to find artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's so easy to get noticed there. Right. You know, that, that's so. a new fad. That's a new thing. Everybody's TikTok. You know, yeah. that, that's that's the new oxygen pack you need. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think if anything, the threat of losing TikTok scared so many people because they're like, oh, my gosh, I just got to a million followers, you know, whatever. Right. And then it's and then one day it can be gone. And that can be the same with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter or whatever you're on. Those virtual platforms can be gone in a heartbeat. So, you know, it's also important, like when you're utilizing those platforms, you know, also direct people to like an email list and stuff. So they are self they have that's. Another thing that, you know, came out is the whole texting thing. You can uh, utilize the service to have text message subscriptions and right. text people, you know, singles are coming out or you're going to be having a, a show or ticket sales or whatever. Right. You know, there's all other things that you need to line up other than social media. Right. Now, with the social media and streaming and everything that's happened there, I noticed this kind of started started big with a certain one page of it and then it started to build uh, back in the springtime when the pandemic um, emerged was a ton of the qu- quarantine karaoke group oh, yeah. have been created. I think these personally have had both a negative and positive effect for independent musicians. I have used them and positively it has been great. I know there was one time when I first went on there and I got up to 14,000 views and, and it was 
phenomenal. I mean, you had people from all over the world watching these quarantine karaoke's. I mm-hmm. think the first one that started was this guy up in the middle of nowhere, Maine, started this quarantine karaoke group. And within like a month, it had almost a million people following in it. You know, it wasn't just like professional musicians in there. It was also non-professional musicians who were, you know, was being found their voice. And it was a fun way to escape into the music world outside of like, you know, the crazy pandemic um, going around. And like I said before, it was great for independent artists and musicians to gain more of a following as well. But there, as it kept getting more and more popular, there became that I think this was more of a negative effect because people started asking for money on there. The PayPal, the Cash App, Venmo, and more. The problem with that was it wasn't just professional musicians, one, looking for donations. It was also, you know, not trying to be rude, but random amateur singers getting on there, performing karaoke in their bathrooms, asking for money. My statement for that is, You know, I know times are hard, but if you don't actually get paid professionally to go out at a gig or a venue to actually Mm -hmm. get paid for your talent that you're doing, then why should you get paid a tip sitting in your bathroom or kitchen or driving, you know, just because everyone's starting to do it? It took away from artists who were trying to make the living off of that profession that they do every day. It's almost like saying, you know, I watch Grey's Anatomy every day, so I'm going to live stream and ask donations for medical advice. No, I'm not going to do that because I don't have a medical degree or background and I don't professionally get paid to do that. So why should, you know, someone who's not professional get paid for, you know, singing karaoke in their bathroom? Yeah, yep. But that yep. that's my two cents on, you know, positives and negatives do you have any you know input you want to talk about about the quarantine karaoke pages i think those pages were good for networking and you know get like right. i watched your numbers go especially your social media numbers they shot up fast right you know like because you went from really low numbers like almost basically a brand new page you mm-hmm. know up you know in the thousands right. really quick and um you've also kept that engagement over these past few months and kept growing from it. So in that sense, um, it was definitely very positive. However, a lot of those groups and like, especially uh, newer people and stuff they're they might be getting those numbers, but they're not keeping the engagement. Right. You know, and it's also those videos after a while, like when the group, I remember when that specific group was brand new, it worked out, but they're, they didn't have any structure. Right. So people were going live at different times um, or at the same time. And then videos were just getting lost, right. you know, like hundreds of people at given moments. Like I would go in there, you know, to try and like catch your video at the end. You know, if I couldn't, you know, click on it or whatever, right. or go replay it, I couldn't find it. And then if you're part of the group, then you have this person's going live. This person's going, you have a hundred people going live okay. and you're like, what am I looking? And, you know, they didn't even have it like at the demographics narrowed down to certain regions you'd be like i want to go watch people going live in the uk or i want to go people watch live in california you know it was just anybody and everybody and there were different languages in there too so you you didn't know there are people from all over the world I, i think the the overall idea of it was very smart but i think it needed like you said it just wasn't structure yeah it wasn't you know i don't think they had planned for that much of an impact and outreach of people coming in. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, especially when it's just, you know, you're just some random person like, okay, you know, like I'm going to, I want to create something that's going to help people. I don't think you expect something to blow up like that. And then when it does happen, 
I'm assuming that person just stepped back and was like, whatever, here you go. You know, whereas if I was doing it, you know, it would have been like where you put the settings, you know, to post approval and, you know, scheduled times to go live. Like it takes more work, but that's how I personally would have done it. And I think it would have been more lucrative for everybody right. and more successful and that not bashing the person who did it. I mean, providing an outlet um, like that, especially during that kind of time is, is great, but I can only do so much with those, with those groups. I hear you. I hear you. So with, let's, let's transition into, you know, more of the production and releasing of music. There's been a huge rise in the amount of music artists have been producing and releasing music. Uh, I've seen even music videos being released as well. Uh, There's also Mm -hmm. been, I've seen parodies and inspiration has been created to write songs based on the struggles of this entire year of 2020 and, you know, the pain and frustration that COVID has brought. How, how, let's talk about how to keep up with the industry and how can artists be putting more music out there and making that so-called COVID cash? Yeah. So that was one of the biggest things that I pushed on everybody. We're having a hard time. We lost money, but mm-hmm. it, I completely feel the financial burden. Um, I felt the mental toll right. it's been like I I went through a lot of stuff during this pandemic especially during the shutdown both personal no school and everything um but this is a time where you kind of needed to just jump back to why you started you know why did you start playing music right it wasn't you know we weren't most of us if we're doing it professional and like making it a career we all started when we were like three four years old right we weren't thinking about getting a paycheck then right we, when we started writing songs, it wasn't because, oh, I want to make money on this. It was because this is how I get my feelings out. This is, this is how I cope. This is, this is what I do because it makes me happy. And so I was telling everybody, go back to that time. Like, do what you need to do to get your bills paid. Make sure that you're healthy. Right. But don't stop writing. Don't stop putting out music. I don't care if you are recording something on your iPhone, you know, getting lyrics down or just little tidbits. Keep writing because this is such a... A, you know, a pivotal time in our, our history. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, it's, it's the perfect time to be getting, you know, that, your thoughts out. Right. Song. Everybody can relate mm-hmm. and you're it's so many people because we are all going through it together. The whole world is going through this together and it's, you have a platform to help people. Right. I, I definitely can speak personally on the, on that. I know as an artist and singer songwriter, I've always struggled writing songs and how, this pandemic has affected, you know, everyone. It has really brought that inspiration and motivation to write lyrics. And I, I've popped out eight songs, eight songs. Yeah. That would have taken me yeah. five years to do before, but yeah. you know, because of the impact and toll it has taken, it's really, you know, made you want to express and push those words out and those frustrations and everything you've been feeling into music, which is what it's, been about since the beginning yeah that's your goal like when you're when you're doing music your goal is to relate with an audience Mm -hmm. and you know you want to to touch people and you want to affect people through your music yeah and this was even now like it doesn't matter i mean we're shut down but you know until this is over i mean we're we're all still struggling so yeah you know streaming realistically streaming doesn't pay the bills it never has it never will right but 
it, it's such a good time to push out content and technology is better than ever. You know, we can produce and do everything at home from our laptops. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, um, you know, fun videos, like, you know, whatever you have a love song or whatever, throw it on TikTok and be like, Hey, you know, let's you know, redo this and send me a video using my song of like you and your significant other or something. Right. And then throw both together and you have a music video to put out free marketing because you had people, you know, doing it on TikTok. If you put their video and music video, you're going to promote it. It's like, it's so easy. It's going to keep growing and growing. Yeah. And it won't stop. And it's so easy. Um, And then that can lead, you know, aside, aside from streaming, that's going to lead you to be able to do more because your audience is going to grow. You're going to be able to put out merch. You're going to be able to do everything that we were doing essentially before the pandemic and before the shutdown. Right. You just have to be more strategic about it. You know, you can still be selling merch. You can still be, you know, doing your live concerts. Some places are still open, you know, mm-hmm. and some places what when it is. the weather was, when the weather was nice here in New England, you know, I know it's still nice in other places. Um, a lot of independent artists are able to do outdoor performances, you know, maybe yeah. like a socially distanced concert. I, I know someone who is a um, singer and she's been doing um, socially distanced concerts on the sidewalk, just in the middle yep. of town on the sidewalk or at a stoplight or on the beach. People walk on the beach still. You know, people yes. are just driving by or people are parking in their car. There's been a lot of, you know, drive-through shows where you just stay yep. in your car, crack your window a little mm-hmm. bit and listen. You know, there's still yeah. ways to be able to perform and have that um, in-person reaction making it safe as well. Yeah, and aside from that, I mean, I, I, I love how everyone in our industry came together. You know, there's people who are working, you know, head of labels and, you know, wherever, you know, who are are really, you know, successful, who were opening up their schedules to do consultations with people and, you know, free marketing, you know, advice and discounted for production and mixing and stuff. And so, and people are still doing it. I mean, obviously we've picked up a little bit, but Mm -hmm. there's been so networking opportunities and resources and discounts and we've all just been trying to help each other keep the music going and coming out, especially with, you know, new artists and stuff. So this next part is kind of just going to be a bullet point list for independent musicians and artists and singer songwriters who are out there listening to this um, and how, what, how and what they can be doing to kind of keep that cash flow in producing and releasing music, staying connected with your fans you know, releasing those cover songs as well. Like you said, as soon as they come out, DistroKid is a great platform for that. Start racking yeah, up those royalties, even though, like you said, royalties are never going to pay the bills. It's at least something to be coming mm-hmm. in um, as building up your merchandise, offering shipping of multiple ways for payments because there's so many different ways you can pay now. And a tier yeah. platform, Patreon. That is a great service yep. that offers those tier platforms. You know, you might just think of yourself as a singer-songwriter. What if you gave advice or what if you gave lessons over, you know, Skype or video chat? All of those different things you can be creating that cash flow in while you're still giving your talents out to the world. Is there anything else you wanted to add that independent musicians can be doing right now? I think Patreon's a good one and Nick actually started one. Right. Um, and 
you know, there are different tiers and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, go for like, you know, the, the smaller three or whatever. But, um, you know, he throws up uh, demos from songs that he's written. He throws up first, you know, exclusive looks for new music or mu- music videos or whatever. Um, yeah, but like you said, like giving lessons, people are still wanting to learn. Um, another good one is like going on, like starting like a little series, like a little TV series or something, you know, talking with different people or Tori Kelly was a really good example. She had quarantine with, with Tori, right. oh, that's um, nice. different artists and stuff. So you're able to, you know, network with other artists and perform a little bit and, you know, talk with people, get advice. You know, you never, even if like I was talking with another manager or you were talking with another artist or something, mm-hmm. you never know what they know that's going to help you. Right. Or like something, you know, so there's, there's so many ways yet yeah, to get in that cash flow. Um, I think networking is like probably right. the, one of the best things I can say to do because you can, you know, team up with people and you know, that's how you expand your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there's so. so much out there that you can do. And again, there's with the unknown of this pandemic and how long it's going to last, you know, we don't know what it's the music industry is going to look like whether this has been a positive thing for independent musicians or a negative or a little bit of both, we just don't know. And it's all up in the air and we, we hope for the best and we wish all musicians, whether you're independent or whether you're a big label superstar right now, the best. Cause I know it's affected them. I know a lot of, you know, larger artists as well who do tours with for millions and billions of people have had to cancel their shows as well fortunately they make enough to survive because <laughs> they've been in the industry making money for years but you know they don't get to do what they love as well and that, yeah but even struggling. then you know people aren't aren't realizing with those bigger artists so you know they still have the overhead you know that they're not used to so even them losing touring like yeah they make you know millions of dollars every year but you know they have they're putting out these albums, which are tens of thousands of dollars to record. And then they have the music videos and then they have the marketing. When you're not getting that touring money, like they're relying on streams too and physical sales and stuff like that. Their, their, their profits has dropped as well. And that's why they're selling their catalogs because right. they have to be able to cover that overhead to get that out. So, and I think people need to realize too, like even after this pandemic is done, it's never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. We're never going to go back to exactly how we were. And I think in some ways, I mean, we were already, obviously we've been moving towards, you know, more virtual stuff. It has been for years. We went from, you know, physical CDs and stuff right. to streaming and that's slowly been, you know, taking over. And I think this is kind of like another one of those you know, transition periods where we'll go back to physical, you know, touring and stuff, obviously, but yeah. I still, that there's still going to be more of a virtual presence Right. essentially and we're moving forward in that direction because that's just where our world's going we're you know getting more tech and all that stuff so right right absolutely well colleen thank you so much for coming here today and speaking with me about these crucial strategies plans and important parts that independent musicians have played in the music industry i really appreciate having you here and it's always fun discussing with you about all different topics about music business. I know we could sit here and talk for hours about anything. (laughs) Is there any, um, you know, last insights or input you would like to say to any independent artists out there listening? 
just don't give up. You know, times times are hard and it's already hard to be a newer mus- musician. Um, just don't give up. Keep writing. Keep trying. You know, it takes a lot of sacrifice and time, but, um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So just don't give up and keep using your gifts that you have. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And the, you're again, you're listening to WGMS Radio, Radio Reimagined. My name is Melina Johnson, and this is Colleen with uh, CG Artist Management.